Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were extremely clear that something could not continue to go on the way that it has been going on and that you're going to need to just muster up some courage, some faith, whatever you need to muster up and go ahead and attack that particular giant in your life? Have you ever got to the point that you are noticing that the thing that stirs you up, that gets under your skin, that grinds your gears, seems to move you in a direction and in a way that doesn't seem to affect anyone else but you? That you're literally like, does no one else notice such and such? Like, why, why isn't everyone else feeling the way that I'm feeling? And I've come to the conclusion that what stirs you up is God's personal tech message to your soul to get you to conduct a call to action. There are certain things that you were wired to care about. There are certain things that you were wired to be passionate about that was not supposed to affect anyone else that knows you, that's even similar to you, the way that it impacts you. And I have been walking the tightrope of, oh my goodness, when am I supposed to speak? When am I supposed to act? Um, when, you know, all these different questions in my head. And when it came down to it, it was like, you know what? It really isn't a question of why, when, how, and who. It's really a matter of what armor are you going to wear to that particular battle? There is a such thing as good battle, bad armor. And when the Holy Spirit laid that on me, I was like, you know what? It is time for a phone call if I don't say so myself. And I'll tell you where this came from. So I am having a fish out of water experience on certain ventures that I take in my life, particularly now in this season. Why? Me no know, but that's just what God has me at this point. And so I am at this particular location of employment for now. You see my face? Okay, great. And I am being tested, tried, and trued. And the one thing that I am noticing is that especially in the workplace, I feel like people are a little bit more gangster than they would be in the average realm. Like, I don't know what about you clocking in and clocking out gives you the bravery that you don't have in a normal uh public area but I need you to pipe it down okay all right so have a nice day so here's what's been happening I work closely with an individual who will remain nameless because on these phone calls we don't talk about nobody's good grandbaby do we hmm? okay great and I noticed that she's a little she's a little loose with her like tone and when she speaks and it's not professional and it's very belittling and demeaning and who are you talking to bruh is everything that it musters up right and so we're on this new project and she's been getting a little snappy with certain individuals and the work environment has been such that when everyone notices that this particular individual is snappy, they just either avoid or avoid is what the two things are. They either ignore her 
or they try to avoid talking to her at all they talk around her like try to see if they can get the answers from someone else kind of thing and we had a little bit of a run-in slightly nothing too too tough it was just like hmm Okay, that's that was that was a little harsh. Okay, um, I'll I'll make a mental note of that because I don't know if it was just because uh this was pre coffee, like maybe you're one of those people. I don't know, but duly noted. Uh, and we'll see if this is something that you, you know, I'm gonna gather more information to see if this is just your regular regular. And after doing my due diligence on this particular behavior pattern, I've come to conclude that this particular person just is talking used to talking reckless, and. I came home and I vented to my husband and I'm like, yo, what it just came down from me and I had to really hear me say it. I said, when it comes to respect, that is something that I'm willing to lie down for. Not going to speak nothing into existence, but it's a couple of things that people are not going to do when it comes to me. I don't know if it comes from my upbringing. I don't know if it comes from the fact that I was born and bred in New York. I don't know what it is, but respect is something that I'm willing to go nose to nose with somebody, anybody, anywhere. And it's just one or two ways that's going to go. It's either you're going to check how you speak to me, regardless of the arena that we're in. I don't care if we're in church. You're going to watch how you talk to me, period. Or you're going to watch the fact that you never get to talk to me because I ignore. I'm smart enough at this time and I'm wise enough at this season in my life to know that you don't go around checking everybody because, um, yeah, people are not scantron sheets and I'm not a teacher. So that's not what I'm trying to do. But I will stand for and create the boundaries that will make me live a satisfied life. And I will not be satisfied with just having someone trample on the flowers of me. Never, ever, 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 ever is that going to be okay, especially in the work environment. And so right now at this moment, we, and I'll give you a little bit more background because this, oh my goodness, we actually rolled out a new software at this, at this place of employment, right? I don't like saying job because I understand I'm on assignment. And so as soon as I'm good with it, God, go ahead and elevate me and promote me out, please. I can't be bothered, but that's fine. And the new uh, website or software rolled out on the first. So trickled down to seven days later, no one really knows what they're doing, haven't had enough time to go in to really practice or do anything that needs to be done in there. So everyone is clueless. The blind is literally leading the blind at this moment. And so I was told, hey, going to the abyss because that's what it feels like and you know just rummage around find something you know review it print up these checklists and then um i want you to go into the system and play around with some things and i will look over what you you know entered as in the play test realm and then um in order for us to move forward to the actual training i would need to see how you entered the play items Okay, so um, a few issues with that. One, I have no access to the system. Okay, great. Uh, two, what do you want me to review? What do you want me to print out? And yeah, that part. And three, um, what are you talking about? So I was given this astronomical deadline, make a long story short, and the deadline is approaching uh, next week, and that's fine. And today, I still don't have any access to this particular network. Or software 
I called the support line. Nobody's able to really help me. They're like, mm, I'm, this is not a technical issue. This is more of, and I simply wanted one question answered. Where is the product guide and the checklist to the things that I am tasked to do in this software so that I can just analyze specifically that? Nothing else, nothing less, nothing more, just that. No one else can seem to point me in the right direction. So I'm like, okay. So I've concluded that when this deadline comes up, I will be ill-prepared. And the rule follower in me, the typist of the typist of A's, A plus I like to say, is having a hard time with that. And so I got into myself and I said, you know, I'm not going to hold you. I went on my lunch break. I called my husband and um, I shed a thug tear because the frustration of wanting to do a good job, but not being given the tools to actually produce a good job. It's not fun to me. Okay. And so I'm having to a play with that a little bit in my mind where it's like, listen, it's not your fault. If you come up short, ill prepared you know, this particular deadline comes up, it's fine. You're going to have to just go ahead and voice that, hey, I wasn't properly led and da, da, da. And everything in me is like, yeah, but that's my work ethic on the line. You see what I'm saying? Like, even though it's someone else's fault, it's still my name that's attached to this uh, freaking, I don't, just line of incompetency that seems to be happening in this area of, of employment. And that's fine. So, I sat down to myself and I was like, what's the problem? And I was like, the problem is that everybody else is okay with walking around and tiptoeing with the fact that this individual talks crazy at the work environment. This individual was able to have a snappy tone, a disrespectful demeanor about her. And then was being told she's not someone in higher authority. She's not, you know, superiority. None of that is into play. She's a regular peer who just so happens to be in a different department. And what is told when she's in one of her quote unquote moods is, oh, such and such is in a mood. Just want to give you a heads up. I'm sorry. The last time that I was given a heads up on how to approach somebody because they in the mood was my mother. And we were trying to figure out when was a good time to ask her is can can you go outside or not? You understand? And so my thing is, I don't like feeling like a child or feeling shackled and muzzled, as I was saying in my other conversation with anybody that is supposed to be, especially somebody who's supposed to be my peer. And so the issue of the matter was I'm looking around and I'm like, I see that other people say things from time to time, like, oh, when she say something and I don't like it, I just throw it right back in, you know. So they play this disrespectful tennis match that I am not willing to go to any Wimbledon on. There will never be a time that I want you to play games with me to the point that I want you to see that we're going to be sparring partners in the, in the verbal realm. It's not okay to me. I also don't want you thinking that you can even do that. I want to set the tone so strongly that you know you can pee on anybody else's grass. Skip over my lawn, please. It's how I see it when it comes to respect. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, is it just me? Like, I see that people, you know, I, I'll, throw it, I'll throw the attitude right back. Yeah, but that's not, I don't really, that don't work for me. And then I see people like, you know what, I'm just going to ask such and such to talk to her because I can't deal with her today. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be it either. And when I was talking to the Holy Spirit, I was like, can you give me the armor needed 
for this particular battle because I tried to go ahead and bury it and I couldn't bury it, which meant I could not rest on, eh, that's just the way she is. Something was revving up in me that was like, no, but she gonna learn today. However, that needs to be taught. And so when I was having that conversation with the Holy Spirit, real talk, because sometimes I get in my moods and I'm like, you're going to have to tell me what to do or this is going to look real bad. And I don't want to have to come to you like, Lord, I repent for what I said and did. I don't want to have to repent. So I do the wise thing of asking the question on the front end. What am I supposed to do? And immediately the Holy Spirit showed me David in, in, in my mind. He was like, you remember when David was facing Goliath? I'm like, mm hmm. I had to literally go back to that story in 1 Samuel 17. Like real talk. 1 Samuel 17, I was like, okay. And I did not realize that Goliath was going back and forth, taunting the Israelites for 40 days. I'm sorry. Oh boy was taunting y'all for how long? Literally, 1 Samuel 17 verse 16 says for 40 days every morning and every evening the Philistine champion shredded in front of the Israelite army sir you mean to tell me sir was like a pill it was once in the morning once at night for 40 days and nothing in the Israelite camp was like you know what at day 15, bro, I can't take no more of this. It's been two weeks in a day. I could tell you what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You can call it delirium. You can call it super fear maxed out. But he got no more time. It's like nothing. It took for David to be sent out by his father, Jesse, to make his way downtown, to give his brother something to eat, to quickly learn time out. Who is he talking to? So David gathered up enough information to be like, okay, um, so who's that? <laughs> uh, number one, number two, what, what, what is he talking about? Okay. So who, what, what does the person get that actually defeats this particular giant? Like what, what happens then? And he's collecting the information like, oh, okay. Okay. So do that. And then I get to do what? And then we get, okay, cool. So yeah, I'm over it. And so immediately, <laughs> When David already made the decision, like, yeah, I'm going out there, literally in verse 33, still on 1 Samuel 17, Saul was like, don't be ridiculous. Literally, the verse says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine or possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Isn't that like people? Will you get so fed up with something? You probably even are taking on something that's not even yours. You're taking on a burden that you're like, no, you know what? He's not going to talk to you that way. Uh-uh, you know what? Matter of fact, we're going to do A, B, and C. And they're looking at you like, no, but, and they try to demean you, belittle you, and buff this person up. I'm sorry, Saul. Why would you bring up that David is only a boy and that Goliath has been a man of war since his youth. I'm sorry, now that we want to go ahead and pull up um, rap sheets and resumes, I'm sorry, your ranking in the army of the Israelites is what again? Okay, so why am I more brave than you? Oh, we, we never highlight when someone is bold enough to take on something that's not even actually their fight. But we are so quick to chop somebody down with our words and how we qualify them. Hmm. Makes me feel some kind of way for David. But the thing that got to me was it was like, you know what? Saul finally was like, you know what? It's okay. 
go ahead fight him if you want uh you know god bless you uh, I, I don't want to have to give the bad news to your father so make sure you do a good job is what he probably was thinking in his head but verse 38 says then Saul gave David his own armor a bronze helmet and a coat of mail 39 David put it on strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like for he had never worn such things I can't go in these he protested to Saul I'm not used to them so David took them off again 40 he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling he started across the valley to fight the Philistine let me explain something to you when you feel led by the Holy Spirit to go ahead and face something that may be in the naked eye with the human eye, scary, um, impossible, anything else that looks like, oh, I don't measure up. I need you not to go with the armor or the advice of someone else. If the Holy Spirit led you, if God led you through the Holy Spirit to a thing, then I need you to make sure that the armor that you wear is familiar to you and not to someone else. Don't you ever have someone tell you how to operate in your relationship the way that they would? Oh, I would just go ahead and pick up my phone. And when you get home, I would just go ahead and tell such and such, you know what? This is how we're going to do it because I would. Do this. And you have to be able to hear that's your armor, not mine. I don't curse people out. I don't talk to them harshly. I don't, I'm not going to throw nothing. No, I'm not going to play the stupid games while I'm going to lock the door and you can't get in. Or I see your phone call, but I'm not answering. And yeah, you know what? You should just not talk to such and such for a couple of days. Or you should just get such and such, a, you know, the silent treatment, like real talk. That's how I do it. And this time and third, be very careful that someone leads you down a God path with their armor. Because like David, had he not taken a step or two and seen, mm, this is, I'm just not used to this he would have been killed by Goliath when you are facing a life giant you cannot go in somebody else's armor you can't afford to be brave enough a to see this needs to be approached but be brave enough to tell the person who thinks that they're doing something good for you that you're actually putting me in harm's way good fight bad armor and so here I am with the whole thing about the job right and I'm like, oh, you know, how I'm approached such and such and this and third. And I did the same thing. I called up a friend. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? She was like, you know what? I wouldn't even let her bother you. I would just do that and the third. And I heard that armor, but that armor is not for me. I don't let people just talk to me crazy, disrespectfully. It's just not a thing. We don't do it. I know comprehend. And I wanted to just really harp on that. Be very, very careful when you're choosing the armor from someone else's closet whether it's your relationship whether it's your own job and I'm, I'm gonna give you a little example that the Holy Spirit putting on my heart right now my mother God bless the dead she called up my pastor when my brother was about maybe 15 and she said you know he's acting up you know, I guess he wasn't at, I'm the oldest, so I guess he wasn't as fluid and, you know, um, easily broken into, you know, she could tell me something, put some fear in me, and I did it. She tried to do it to him, and he was like, what? 
man pipe down like he just you know some kids you you can you can bark at and they start to hmm, hmm. him she was barking at him and he was like okay and rough i could do it too so like i don't really understand and so she called the pastor up and she was like true story and she was like you know he's he's just different and he he's smelling himself and i guess which was new york for you know he he's acting like he's grown and he's getting older and i don't know what this is about but what should i do the pastor told her <laughs> the pastor told her well if he's acting like a man then you should put him out like a man or something to that effect a little while after that she went ahead and did exactly that he like you heard in the conversation about severed relationships that I talked about in depth about him there was an argument around the time that I had my baby shower back in 2003 and they got into it nothing ever physical just verbal and she didn't like that clap back because she was just used to being you know the big honcho when it came to arguing with me she started arguing with him and he was like no I got this bark back for you and she really liked that too much you know kind of like her match a little bit so she kicked him out a couple of days later or a week or two what have you went by he wasn't talking long story short uh that's the last time that she saw her son alive Yes, that's the last time that she saw my brother alive. Because when she kicked him out, he went to go live with his dad. And then his dad allowed him to go to a particular family party that was in a bad neighborhood. He happened to be an innocent bystander. He got shot. And the next time that she physically saw her son after kicking him out was trying to claim his body at the morgue. And so I wonder... If she would have chosen an armor that she's used to, you know, with me, she kicked me out every now and then. However, that worked. It was a different relationship. We had a different upbringing. Her relationship, my brother was way closer. But the fact that she called somebody else up and asked them, hmm, what armor should I use? Something in her motherhood should have been. Let me just, let me fill that out in my emotions. Let me fill that out in my mind, kicking my own child out mm, because the teenage years is a little bit rocky. And it's not like he's getting into, you know, he's not doing any, anything illegal. It's not like it's any crime issue. It's just the normal, you know, you're not doing what I said to do when I said to do it. And you're not like, you know, that kind of thing. Like we're, we're butting heads because it's that weird gray area of you're not really a kid but you're not really grown but I want to treat you like you're still a kid but I want you to have common sense like you're grown it's that weird ground that you know single mothers kind of go through and that's fine but what if she would have muddled that around and said uh, I hear you but that's not that's not something that I'm used to or that I'm comfortable with and I gave that example, I promise you, when I picked up this phone, I had no intention I was even going to say that. That's all Holy Spirit breath. But I say that to you to say, please don't make such a fatal error the way that my mother did. And it may not be so fatal, so drastic as, oh my goodness, you know, she literally lost her kid following somebody else's armor. But it may be as fatal as you may lose your relationship. You may lose your marriage behind picking up somebody else's armor. You may lose your job trying to approach some something or someone in a way and it's actually somebody else's armor. 
You may lose your respect. You may lose your peace of mind. You may lose property. You may lose, lose, and lose if you continue to put on somebody else's armor and not have sense enough or be aware of yourself enough to know this is not familiar nor comfortable to me. I hear what you're saying, person of respect, person of superiority, person of authority, you know, person of hierarchy, however you want to do it. I hear you, but I'm also aware enough to know I can't execute this particular battle with your armor. I really need us to hone in and go back to our roots of God. There's a Goliath that I am being stirred up and that I feel super led to approach, whether it's in my my marriage, whether it's in my relationships, whether it's in families, whether it's in a job, whether it's in a project, whether it's in parenting, wherever it is, I cannot deny the fact that I feel a stir up in me that's like, you need to approach this. So I know it's a good thing. Please, please, please lead me to the best armor for this particular battle. Because the Bible does say that we do not war against flesh and blood. So you're not warring against, oh, such and such at your job. No, it's the spiritual realm that is using such and such to get you irritated, defeated, what have you, whatever it is. And you and like myself, I can look at people like you worked with her for how long you you did. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't even do literally. I couldn't do a month. I couldn't do a month. And you can sit there and kind of like muddle over in your mind. How come? (laughs) Like, I don't understand, but it's not for you to understand. The only thing that you need to know is I'm being called to action. And I just need to be wise enough to know what armor do I choose? And how you know that you have chosen the right armor, it will be something that is comfortable to you. And it will be something that is familiar to you. David literally picked up five smooth stones. Where did he learn that? Why was that familiar to him? Why was that comfortable to him? And it's because David was a shepherd. So he was already out in the formal agricultural streets, making sure that he guarded his sheep from lions and tigers and bears and oh my. So that was a familiar to him and B it was something that again, um, I'm just I'm I'm getting sidetracked because I'm just imagining that I couldn't imagine him trying to go out there with the sword and the helmet and all that all that heaviness and the heaviest thing he ever wore outside was was the cloth little drapery that shepherds wear. Be aware enough to know when something is on you and it's too heavy. When someone tries to get you to open up to your spouse or to whoever you're with in a way that you like but that's not me. I'm not going to sit there and say, you know what, we need to talk about. No, if I need to be straight to the point and be a sharpshooter because that's what I am, then that's what I'm going to use. And the thing that we need to really, really pay attention to is you've had your armor all along. You were literally bred in your armor. Your armor is so close to you that it's like, uh, bro, if you were playing hot, cold, you will be smoking, steaming hot. That if you actually try to put on another another ideology, another mindset, another, okay, you know what, usually I'm harsh, I'm going to talk softer. No, sometimes you need to be the lion of God. Sometimes you need to be the lamb. But if you feel led this time to be like, no, I need to be the lion, then go ahead and be the lion. Because if you choose to be the lamb at the wrong time, you will be chewed up.
So my challenge to you is to be aware enough to try to realize, okay, I see that I'm being called to action because I am being stirred up to address the situation in my life. I now need to choose the armor that is familiar to me and that is around me. Like it literally needs to be comfortable. And that's how you know it will be God. Because there will be a piece of you know what to do. The only thing that's new is the giant that you're approaching. You see what I'm saying? Whatever it is that's in your life, I promise you, you have the armor that it takes to approach it. I promise you, you don't have to feel like, okay, I have to make myself small. No, don't try to go ahead and make yourself small or put on the blinders and act like, you know what, I'll just be fine with it the way that everybody else is fine with it. Because David could have literally went down there, went ahead and did the Uber Eats, delivered the food to his brother, like his father said, and just went right back home. Them boys was bothered for 40 days in the morning and at night. What's another 40, bruh? What's another 80? Nobody was in harm's way. It's not like he killed the 20% of them. And then David was like, "Uh uh-uh, now I need to go ahead and say something. Nobody was doing anything. And David felt strongly, almost immediately to approach this particular giant. So you may not have the grace to turn a blind eye. You may not have the grace to go ahead and say, you know what, this time I'm going to go ahead and practice being quiet. Not if God is stirring you up. Not if that giant is getting you to the point that you like, I, nobody else may have anything to say. But you know what? I, I, I is undoubtedly blaring in my face that I need to go ahead and approach this. Now look around and look within you and pick the armor that is most comfortable to you, the most familiar to you. And don't you dare pick up nobody else's armor because it is fatal to go to a good fight with bad armor. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations. Conversations that when we sit down and we have these talks, you're like, you know what? I hate it, but you are right. I've been trying to be small in this area, and I cannot, and it's been bothering me, and no one else seems to be affected like me. Then you need to go ahead and approach that Goliath. You need to go ahead and approach it because you will not get the rest that you need. You can't do 40 days. You can't do 40 days day in and day out. Somebody else could, but you weren't called to do that. I feel like this was a great conversation. I hate to be biased about it, but I feel like our talks are the best talks ever. You understand? But I'm going to go ahead and let you go because um, I literally stopped what I was doing to go ahead and pick up this phone to call you. And so... Uh, let's just go ahead. And I'm sorry I called you at this time. But listen, I had to go ahead and get this off my chest. I do feel a lot better. I do appreciate you. I'm going to go ahead and talk to you later. Okay? All right. <laughs> later.